This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's J-Rock Screen Industry Podcast. Here we are on episode number 86 titled Hit or Stick. So this week's podcast is kind of brought on by just how we're getting on at the minute and also the fact of when you think about it, I'm not quite sure we all know, and I'm not quite sure I know, like what point there is where you either hit and you take on more work and you keep on pushing and progressing, and when you stick and you go, right, it's time to refine whatever I'm doing. And I thought I'll put this out there because there's a lot of people that will fall into both them categories, as well as the new startups that not even are sure that they are categories yet. And so we're pushing it out there to kind of, Open it out and, and see which one you fall into and hopefully it answers a few questions for you as well. So just to put into context how we're getting on, currently we have taken on 17 new clients in the last two and a bit weeks. So the schedule's starting to fill up. So that's 17 regulars that are mainly doing fortnightly. On top of that, we've transferred a couple over from last year in weekly slots. So they come on obviously every single week and that's more general maintenance. But these other 17 clients are more or less grass-cutting and then a bit of maintenance here and there on some of them where required. And really, we're at that point now where, you know, we're still hitting, we're still going, we're still pushing. And this just made me think, you know, at what point do I stick and refine and, and what does that look like? So for us, like I say, we've taken on 17. We've got quite a good balance at the minute and there's still plenty of spaces to fill up in a kind of, the root density is really coming together. We were just speaking about me and Dale earlier in the week there that, you know, some of these jobs it's actually fallen really well into place. Like we're going from one to another and it's the the drives are getting shorter before we're at the next property. And I suppose to an extent, I've not done any location based marketing, so pushing on certain people to get them jobs and it's very naturally at the moment just kind of fitted in where, you know, we'll get a call through and they fit in perfectly between, you know, Client A and client B, they're now slotting in there, and it's it's bridging that gap between you know these larger spaces. So that's fantastic to see, and that's what we want. We want you know less drive time, less time in the van, and just more out on the ground getting the jobs done, and you know bringing back a healthier profit. So that's kind of how we're looking at the minute. And, and the question is, during all this growth, is is when do you stop? When do you go right? There's a line. If I keep on taking any more now, it's actually going to hinder me instead of progressing the company and for us you know we're a bit off that yet but it's something I'm very much thinking of planning ahead and trying to stay on top of 
And a lot of the time, if it's your first time doing this, like a big growth or or trying to refine things back, and you're probably not going to know when that is. You know, you, you're not that used to it, so that it's all familiar. So that's what we're trying to suss at the minute. And hopefully by doing podcasts like this, it, it's time for me to reflect as well. I'll be completely honest with you because I can listen to this back notes and like speak openly about what I think. And I can also take away from my own podcast what sounds selfish in a way. But at the same time, I'm a big fan of the analytical side and also looking back and trying to change things as and when required. As we spoke about, obviously, a lot of times before. But the first category of like looking when to grow or looking to grow, there's a few things that come into that. So like dialing advertising. So keep something that is working and ticking on. For us, that has to be these magazines. Like I say, it's not something I thought I'd ever do. I was massive fan of the sort of social media presence and pushing it through Facebook, through Google. And although I still stick by that Google is, you know, the best place to first set up your business and be having a hub there, whether it's your website or just having all the photos updated so it looks like you're an active business and not just sort of stagnant in the water and just signed up and done one. So for for us, being on Google is a massive help because alongside when these requests come through, it's Spotlight magazine, the local trade magazine, the first thing that they end up doing is they jump to the website. And a lot of the times I've had inquiries through on the website saying that they've seen me on Spotlight. So this sort of thing of tying tying different places in and having call to actions. Now your call to action is that you put a bit of marketing out and then your call to action is wherever you're telling them to go to get in touch with you. So it might be like, you know, on a social media site, it might say, um, hit the link at the bottom to to enter our, our website or to fill in the contact form. It could be call us tomorrow um, or call, call us as of today using number below. And that's your call to action. You're directing them to an area on your advertisement where you want them, where you want that lead to come through, basically. So having these on there, and I obviously have the email, I have the website and the phone number all on these um, these advertisements, they tend to hit the website first. And this is what I say, the power of having some form of presence, some form of website in place, even if it's one that you've made yourself. Because that's what I've done. I've made mine myself, and it is... Average at best, I would say, but it's probably the best I can do, you know, with the knowledge I have about making websites and, you know, doing it for free. So that is something that probably this year I'll be looking to get a professional in, making it a lot a lot nicer to see, a lot nicer to read, and just, you know, editing that a little bit more just to make it that bit more of an impact. When someone clicks on the go, geez, like, this is a professional company, you know, it, it looks like it's a, a national company. And that's what I want. I want it to look that way, but I want it to feel like a, a family-led company, if that makes sense. So that's one thing, is dialing in the advertising. Are you doing something that is working for you currently? And if so, stick with it. Stick with it until the point where you are ready to stick and uh, like button down the hatches and really finalise things. But for us, that's a magazine. So I haven't even touched on it at Facebook marketing. I haven't looked at it yet. I haven't done anything with it. The only other thing I'm looking to now do is now that we've been brought out to these different areas in this growth pattern is I just want to get flyers made so I can, you know, I can go to some of these really nice estates on in the areas that we're working and I can, you know, knock on the door, have a conversation with the homeowner and, you know, I've got a little plan 
little pitch that I'm gonna, that I've kind of ran through a little bit that I want to start trying out and doing it as a one to one rather than a mass leaflet drop, because I sometimes think you know it it's a whole lot less personal and it it feels a lot more spammy, even though it's great to do great coverage. I know people say you know you might put out a thousand of them and get you know fifteen people back through. Like I understand that, but you know, doing it the one-on-one and knocking on a door and being able to actually chat to someone, you know, I just think it, it's got a bit more about it, personally speaking. So that's the first one. If you've got a bit of advertising that you've done in the past that you're currently doing that's working, go on it, keep it going. The next one is professionalism. So keeping them high standards and keeping your name in a good light, really. So, you know, every time we turn up on a job site, you know, we're very polite to the client. Even if we're in a bit of a rush, we kind of give them the the time of day to to get whatever they need to off the chest. And we've got quite a good routine between the two of us that if one person gets trapped, as we kind of call it, getting trapped with the client talking and you know that that client's a bit of a talker, then what we try and do is the other person tries to, you know, snuggle around, get cracking on with a job or, you know, try and just try and get that work going so that it's constantly moving. But you still got that professionalism, that, that courteousness of, someone spending time with a client doing the initial introduction a lot of the times as well if we know it's someone like that I might say right I'll go knock on the client say hello like you start strumming and when you know it's keeping that 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 cohesion that teamwork going where one person's doing something and the other one is still getting the job done and that's it's a key thing I think for us so that's been working well also now obviously if you buy yourself then what you could do is set yourself time limits and basically a get out card so that when you go knock on the door, and I've been terrible for this in the past, when you go and knock on the door, start speaking, they've got you trapped, they've got you hooked, <laughs> you know that you're going to be talking a while, you know, you look at your watch and you go, geez, that's been five, ten minutes, you, you need to say, right, I need to get on, you know, we've got a very busy day ahead, you know, we've got to be somewhere at this time, whatever your excuse or whatever your reasoning is, have that in the back pocket ready to go but still keep that professionalism alive by you're still interacting. You're not, you haven't seen them and you've, you've dotted for the back garden as a full on, you know, Terminator coming out the fire, giving a big licks. You, you know, you're, you're not avoiding, you're still there, you're still present. And I think that goes a long way with the client. So it is super important. Next one is having the right team on the board or on board. And for us, I've been very lucky. I've spoke about Dale a good few times in the podcast. Now we are roughly somewhere around, five, six weeks into working together, second week on maintenance, I think it is. And for us, it's been working really well. Dill's very experienced. Um, very lucky that she's she's decided that she's happy to come on board. We're now working together about four times a week. Um, yeah, so it, it's working really well in having someone that you can rely on, that's going to get jobs done, and you know that they're, they're working to a, a very similar... Everyone's standard's slightly different, right? But you're working to a similar standard, like... She'll do things that's that's above and beyond what I would ever expect. And then other times we're like on par with each other and we're on the exact same wavelength. And having that sort of integration where you almost know what each other is expecting from the job or what the next element of the same job is so that one use can... You're almost leapfrogging each other so that when one person starts working on one task, the other person's already moved on. And having that sort of working relationship with whoever your employees are I, th- I think is massively key. Now, obviously, if it's someone that's coming straight into the industry from, you know, something completely different and they might just be a labourer, 
then they're not going to have that. So I do think it's a really key thing to, if you're taking on these type of people, it might be a very young worker, like a school leaver, or like I say, a complete ch- uh, trade change. When this happens, I think it's super important to to get in there straight away and show them how you work and uh, teach them is probably the biggest thing. I can only imagine that if you're employing out of a position of panic, so you're full to the brim of jobs, you know, everything's overrunning, you're missing appointments, and you're like, right, I need someone now, you bring them in. If you put all that stress on them straight away, right, you, you should know better. You, like, I've already told you this once before, do this, do that. You know, you're going to either burn them out straight away or they're going to think, God, this is a horrendous place to work. You know, so I think having that time to be able to teach them and, and give them the time to learn the way that you want to work, because again, everyone's slightly different, is a massive key feature in growth and having it'll pay off on itself, basically. I mean, it's going to take you longer for the first few weeks, but what you'll probably find is that you'll move into a sm- smoother rhythm very quickly. And that's what we're finding between me and Dale is that we're going on to jobs now, now that like we're both learning the properties of the n- newer clients together and Dale's picking up on the clients that I've had for m- m- many years now, we're, we're getting into a smoother routine. Jobs are taking, you know, nearly a third off third off the original times that we are doing. We're smashing them out a lot quicker now. So having that efficiency is massively key in the growth. And these are all things that you're going to be looking to do if you're on that growth spurt. If you're wanting to take in more clients and get more work done, you want to be focusing on, on these little things. So having the right team is massively important. And it's something that I believe cannot be overlooked to any extent. So in a market and what's different about you and impress on that, you know, if you're looking to go out there and you've got certain elements of, of your business that you think that's quite unique, that is, well, that's, you know, purely coming from me. And I think that's a, a really key, a key stage in the business that we can, we can push out to clients or we do this slightly differently, push on it, let everyone know about it. And when you turn up to a client's house and you know, every time we, we talk, the amount of times I get asked, do you do streaming as well? You know, on these initial consultations. And I think, yeah, if, like to me, it's so like, yeah, of course, that's part of the package. And I'm sure it is for many of you, but for some people, it's obviously not. They go there, cut the grass and they go, sorry, we don't stream, stream around the edges. We don't go around the borders. It's just, you know, the more only. And to me, that's so alien. But I always tell them, we've got three parts sort of rule with it. We, we stream we cut and we take all your edges back. So anything that hits a hard surface, so let's say the grass to the the pathways, whatever it might be, over the first few sessions, depending on how big the garden is, we always take them edges back and we get it nice and clean. What it helps with is, one, it opens up the path and makes the garden look tidier. It's one of them instant fixes that you can do that that just completely makes it look so much better. But, so they're going to, sorry, they're going to get the open path and it's going to give the cleaner finish. So it's very instant and it's a very good price to sell on because a lot of the times things like that cost, taking edges back, because what it costs you time. So for us to be able to put that in there and say the three things we do is trim, cut, and we edge all the hard surfaces every single time and we bring in a nice finish. Obviously we blow as well, but that's that's just standard for ourselves. We'd, we'd hope not to leave any mess anywhere on any of the grass cutting gardens. So... This is a really big thing. You know, if it's something that you run with, then push with it and it's going to help you to grow. And it's going to, I think it's them systems that you have in place 
it's going to, again, just help you. But the more you can pass it around between you and your clients about how you work and what you're like, that's when, you know, the neighbours come over or they see your van and then they see the garden and they go, right, two plus two is J-Rock. <laughs> and and you know that you're, you know, you're on to a winner almost. And hopefully you keep on doing these good jobs to a good level, then they're going to start talking to other clients as well. I mean, we went out, we were doing a garden tidy up several weeks ago and the neighbour came over and seen us working. I believe then after speaking to the owner of the property that we were working at, she then knew two friends in the local area that required a gardener that were on the same street, four doors apart. So she passed a number over. I went to see them. It was four or five days later. And they both took on our services. So by looking professional, doing a really good job, you know, and and just coming across as people that care. And I was saying this yesterday with a client. You know, the thing is, some people come and they don't care. Half the battle is just caring about what you're doing. And that says 100%. You know, as a company, we do care about what we're doing. So it's a big thing, you know, and that led to a further two jobs that are on the same street. That is worth, you know, a lot. Of, it's worth a lot of money because of the time and the, the density that it's in. So it can only work for you. And the last point on the growth here is investing. So you can only get so far with probably the kit that you have right now. You know, unless you're a big company or you've been going a long time and you've already grew into this stage. You know, it takes a lot to kind of get there and it takes a lot of investment to do it as well. And we're at a point now where we're still waiting on a contract to land. I'm hoping it does. But if it does, we're going to be investing about 13 grand into a 52-inch ride on mower to go alongside the Ferris Stander. They'll both be out on the same day putting some pretty big areas if this fo- if this lands. So, you know, we're at a point where we're looking again. You know, we've just invested in in the Ferris last year, the stand-on 36-inch. We invested in the Grillo over winter. What I forgot the size cut, but you know that could technically be used as a ride-on mower, more of a brush cutter. But you know we're looking again, right? What else? What's next? And don't get me wrong, you could probably do too much of this, and then it would get to the point where it's not paying itself off for you. But as long as you think the job's there and it's justified and you're getting the money in versus that machine then do it. Look to invest. Or if you're not even ready to, then plan it. You know, if this happens, what bit of kit am I going to need to be able to do it? And I always think this way, always in my head. Like, I am so machinery mad. And I don't know if it's just this industry or if there is people out there that honestly don't care about what they're using. But I care so much. Genuinely, half the conversations I ever have with industry-leading people within this industry is machines and different types of machines and how this works and how that works how this strimmer rotates that way and how that's worse because this strimmer rotates anti-clockwise you know this blows better than that one and you know you don't want to go for that ride on because it's uncomfy it's this one that you need and it's all these conversations that honestly it gets me like i'm always there looking through my phone checking things on ebay looking into kit looking into the different engines looking into the the size of cut you know, would that fit in my van? How would I transport that around? How much money could I make with that? And honestly, it excites me. I am far too excitable about getting kit and machinery and just making it work. And, you know, I think if you don't if you don't love what you do and you don't love what you're using, then, you know, it's maybe a bit slower of a progression. There's no drive. But for me, I want them bigger toys. You know, I want <laughs> them bigger mowers. I, I want to push on with it. So, 
you know, having this idea of what you want to invest in can only help the business so that when the time's right, you've already done three quarters of the research. It's just basically dotting the I's and crossing the T's and, and you're there. But on the flip side of this is if you're looking to stick. So let's say you've done all this in the past, everything I've talked about, your company's been running a long time and you're like, I am max. You know, we've got hundreds of clients on the board, however many be. You know, we're not finishing until nearly quarter past five every night. You know, we're working the weekends to fill in the gaps. You know, I can't take any time off. I've got no time for myself. You know, whatever it might be, you're just full. You know, you're at that limit where you're like, right. You know, tapes on the door. Too much has gone on. I cannot take on another client to save my life. He has some things to think about. So keep your prices right. If you're at that point of being absolutely full and you've managed to get yourself or the company to a place where you are just successful, everything's good around you and you believe you can't take on anything more because you're just at that limit, like I've just said, then keep them prices right. So this might end up being the fact that you can raise prices. So are you at a point now where, you know, you've had everyone on £30 a cut as like a base level for however many years and now you're fully booked out, you know, you could raise everyone by £5 and then accept that you're going to lose some of them and free up that space. But the majority, more than likely, whenever this happens, as long as you don't go overboard with their price increase, is going to take it on because they know you, they know how good of a job that you're doing, they know sort of how you work, they know the routines, they know what you like as a business, they know that every time they pay you that you're going to be coming back and you're going to get the job done, you're reliable and you know a lot of the times you can do this and you can up the price and you can, I say get away with it, what sounds really sleazy but when needs must and if that's for your business where you're like I can't take on any more but I still want to push, I still want to grow the company then a price increase might be right for you and it doesn't need to be as much as £5, you know you've got let's say you've got 100 clients on the book a nice round number there and you decide to i don't know up it by 2.50 each then you know you're good you've got a good amount more per visit with everyone else i think that's somewhere around 100 and 100 quid extra per per wheel that you visit so on your week one and three it would be an extra 100 quid a week two and four an extra 100 quid whatever it might be, just from a simple price increase. So it's something that would really help you out and at the same time grow. But if people then drop off, then you get time back. And now you've got time back to grow, to get more clients and to push into different jobs. But this time you've got a lot better sense of what you're doing, as well as having these new prices that you can take people in at. So I really believe it's a almost a no-loss thing that as long as you don't go stupid with the price raise, that it could offer out some good time for yourself. And people's done this time and time again. This isn't a new method. People get busy and then they raise the prices. They let some drop off and then they fill in the gaps. It it you know, it's been around for as long as you can ever think, probably. And people are doing it well and it does work for a lot of people. The next one is being very selective over your clients. So you might be at the point where you're also at the brink and you can't take on any more. That's when you're batting down the hatches and you go, right, basically what do we want to see from our next clients? Right, we're only taking on acreages now because we want to use the big ride-on equipment. We want to make a higher price for the type of jobs that we're doing and we want to be in the same location for longer. So therefore, they have to cover, you know, they've got to at least be half an acre and above. Okay, just for examples. It might be 
right? We're only taking on people in the town of Forest because we've already got some clients there. You know, it's one of our popular areas. I want to really densify in that area. I'm only doing that now. You know, this is what I mean by being selective over your clients and just taking on the jobs really that that you want, that you don't want to go anywhere else. So you don't need to travel an extra 30 miles for one job because you need the money. You know, you can be very selective. And I think this is a key thing that you can do when you're looking to start sticking is that the other one might come through and you go, right, you tick all the boxes. Yes. And if it's at a point where you physically can't fit them in, you take on this client and you might get rid of whoever the worst client is. I always mention it, but Keith Kalfas says, as you grow the top, you dissolve the bottom. As you make bring in them better clients and you get more of what you want, you get rid of those at the bottom of the end of that pyramid that you don't want, that don't suit you. And soon enough, one day, you'll just have a package, hopefully, <laughs> of clients that is absolutely perfect for you. All good peers. They're all in good locations. They're all profitable, you know, and these sort of things that you can tick off is super important. So the next thing is plan. So you're at your full limit now. You cannot take on any more clients. You're absolutely busting at the walls. Everyone's perfect, whatever it might be. What do you do? You don't just sit back and just go through the motions. You plan. So I think once when we get stagnant and we sit there and we just kind of go through the, the wheels of motion almost, then you just kind of get a bit a bit sluggish with it. You know, it's very easy to switch off. It's very easy to just go with what you're doing all the time. And it stops you from pushing and creating new things. So what I would suggest is plan. Plan for the next push, right? What would it be? It doesn't mean taking on new employees. All right, well, if I take on another two people, I could actually venture out into this area and we could create a whole other section over there. It might be the fact that you want to change over from residential into commercial and, and that might be a thing for you. You know, even if you're not going to press a button on it, have a plan of what the next period of growth would look like. You know, spend some time on it. What would work well or what would I like to do in the future? And just have it there. Stick it on a whiteboard, put it in the back of the diary. I don't know, put it in your sock drawer, wherever you want to. And have just a plan of where you want the business to go eventually when you're ready to do so. Because it's not all go, go, go. And this is just my personal opinion. You know, you hear so many... I suppose people way more successful than me say that, you know, you need to get your head down and drive forward, sacrifice everything for 15 years and just give it beans, you know, and I, I understand that and I understand that worth ethic. But to me, when you've got families and you've got kids and, you know, you might have problems at home, you might have a sick family member, you know, something could be going on with your pals that's really affecting you, something with your house, something with where you're living, you know, there's all these external factors that make such a such a massive imprint to how you actually work and, and to what you know what keeps you going, I think, to some to some extent of it. That you need to be realistic and burning out isn't good for anyone. It affects you, it might affect your relationships, it might it might bring other things down. So there's a certain point where you need to be very careful with this push and pull, this this stick or hit. And at a point you need to assess it and go is it still worth it to keep on doing this at this point you know you might be ready the business might be all fully set up to take on six employees and rule the world but you know the walls behind you the castle that you're in could be you know falling to rumble and uh rumble rubble (laughs) could be falling to rubble and um at this point you know it's not the right time 
even if the business is ready to go, you know, for you, the person that's actually steering the ship, it might not be the right time. So just bear that in mind. It's a huge thing to to be able to find the balance on is when to go, when to stop. And hopefully some of the things that we've talked about here will help in some way, shape or form. But overall, happiness, being content and a balance between all three, then that, that's what you want. You want the balance of it all. You want to be making good money. You want to be happy at home and you want the clients to be happy. You just want to be overall doing a good job, you know, and that sounds so simple, but that's it. That's the bottom line. Be doing a good job. You want the business to be doing good, right? Of course, you want to be amazing. Of course, you want to be fantastic. But everything as a baseline has to be good. So just keep that in mind. But anyway, shorter type of podcast here today. Obviously, on my Todd. Have we been playing around with different recording software? Because as of this morning, when it came to recording this, audacity which is the usual podcasting platform i use decided to not like my microphone and decided not to record so it has been a nightmare we are using new software at the moment so this could turn out in any way shape or form and we'll just see how it goes but for ourselves in the background time's a bit tight so please bear with me with the podcast i'm going to keep on trying to get them out every saturday as promised but on some days it may slip if it's not out by the sunday it'll be out by the monday i know that's not very helpful but you know when you put all your time into one thing, like I was just saying earlier on, other things drop off. And this podcast is important and I don't want that to happen. So bear with me. It will be out every single week, wherever I can. And if you're interested in jumping on, then let me know. I know there's quite a few others that I've already messaged in the past that I need to get back in touch with. But if you are interested in coming on, telling your story, or if there's a certain subject that you think, oh, I could, you know, you listen to these podcasts and you think, I could actually add a lot of, you know, add something to this, then get in touch with me, you know, through Instagram, you've got my email, jrocklc at gmail.com, feel free to get in touch and we can have a chat about what we can do, but the best thing you can ever do for this podcast, as I always mention, is share it, share it across your Instagram stories, put a post out, tag me in it, please make sure you tag me because I would love to thank you for it, and also hitting that rating button, whether it's on Spotify and you subscribe to it, or if it's on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, and you rate the show and you leave a a nice review, then that is all that I can ever ask of you. So thank you very much. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you have a fantastic Easter weekend. I hope you're out there eating tons of chocolate, finding eggs and bloody bushes and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just having an overall great weekend. But anyway, we'll see you again next week. All the best from myself. Bye-bye.